I always look forward to this time of the week when we visit with our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T, the spelling. Jamie Court is the president of Consumer Watchdog, and I trust you know Jamie Court by now. He's been with us virtually from the beginning all these years. ConsumerWatchdog.org is the destination, and we've got two very hot topics to discuss with Jamie today. Jamie, as always, thanks for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. Always great to be here, Norm. Well, Jamie, we've got really two big ones today, but one is bigger than the other. Uh, I have been getting emails uh, regularly and over a couple of weeks now, people saying, Norm, there's this petition from this guy, Steyer, and they spell it differently, but they're talking about a Tom Steyer, who's here in California, his petition to impeach Trump. And they ask me, is this real? Is this a hoax? Is this fake? Because nobody seems to know who Tom Steyer is, certainly not outside of California. And so I keep telling people, yeah, Tom Steyer is very real. He's a very wealthy guy and he's very, very serious. And Jamie, I'm not giving out bad information, am I? No, Tom is a, a recipient of our uh, Consumer Watchdog's uh, 2011 uh, Philip Burton Public Service Award. Uh, we do a Rage for Justice Awards every year, as you know, because you're usually there, Norm. And uh, he got the award in 2011 because he was fighting the oil refiners in the state to prevent them from uh, repealing our landmark greenhouse gas caps in the state that were put in by the legislature. And he used his money as a former hedge fund uh, manager, a socially, uh, well, fairly socially responsible hedge fund, uh, but one that was uh, the first hedge fund actually to uh, be a hedge fund that was used by Yale in its endowment. So it's a stable hedge fund. It's a real value hedge fund. It's not a, uh, one of these hedge funds that uh, makes crazy bets. It's one that actually in real time tries to make money for its uh, investors. And he did a lot of that. And then he got sick of it and went, uh, even while he was with uh, Farallon Capital, into the political sphere to try to protect the greenhouse gas laws. And he used his money as influence and stopped the oil refiners here from appealing it. And then he did a couple other ballot measures. Most recently is he extended the uh, tobacco tax to fund public health programs. And he also stopped uh, the oil refiners and some other companies from gaming the system for out-of-state taxation. So he has three ballot measure wins in California. Uh, he's supportive of you know single-payer health care. He's supportive of health insurance rate regulation. So we've worked with him, and, and, uh, and we've worked with him to hold the oil companies accountable for, for gouging at the, at the pump. Now he's got what is a very real impeachment petition. He put $10 million into TV ads nationally, making, I think, a very uh, the case that we all think about in our minds every day about why the president should be impeached, the danger he poses with Korea, the situation with Russia. And he's laid it out beautifully in this television ad, and he directs people to this petition that now has more than a million signatures. So it's a very real petition, and it's growing. And what's really remarkable is the Democratic establishment, Forget the Republican establishment. The Democratic establishment, Nancy Pelosi, says it's a distraction. Impeaching our president is a distraction. And uh, that tells you everything about Democratic old-school politicians and why they should clear the way, because it is what we all feel, Democrat, independent, even many Republicans. This president's unfit for office. He's got his hands on a nuclear button, and he could get us into a nuclear war with Korea, and he does not care. And people in his campaign have conspired, at least, with a foreign government to throw an election, and it will ultimately get to him. So the fact that the minority leader in the House isn't cheering this guy on and saying, yeah, turn the tide on the House, give me the House back to Democrats so that I can bring those impeachment proceedings 
tells you she needs to go. I mean, I think he's really, it's an interesting referendum on the Democratic establishment. More to the point, President Trump tweeted back after the ads were launched on Fox and Friends one morning calling for impeachment that Steyer was, uh, what did he say, unstable and uh, unfit, which coming from... Uh, A guy who's you know, unstable and unfit. Tells you everything. But that suddenly put, you know, the petition in the national imagination, and it put Tom Steyer in the ranks of probably the leading Democratic challenger to Donald Trump in someone who has a national profile, who is a Democrat, and who actually calls it as he sees it and doesn't care what the establishment thinks. Well, Jamie, I know you have known Tom Steyer for a long time. I was there the night in 2011 when he was given the award there, the Philip Burton uh, Public Service Award at the Rates for Justice Awards. He's a very impressive guy. He's really, really smart. And I agree with you. I mean, he's very articulate. He makes a strong presentation in that TV commercial. I mean, I was impressed with the guy that night in 2011 when he gave the speech at your award ceremony at the Rates for Justice. Uh, but the TV commercial really, really hits because he, he just lays out the case, as you you say, and he really throws in the emoluments clause thing, which a lot of people seem to have kind of forgotten. That one seems to have slid away. And Tom Steyer is like, don't forget the fact that he's enriching himself. I mean, I'm not using his words, but he's enriching himself through the office. And that's that's a central violation of the Constitution. So I think there's a very strong case for impeachment. I'm very sorry to see that the establishment Democrats are just playing business as usual with a guy who is definitely not business as usual. And let me tell you something about Tom. Interesting personal background. He grew up in New York, and his dad was a prosecutor on the Nuremberg Trust. So this is a guy who came. He was from raised a in a house of justice. Morally, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, morally, exactly, morally convicted. Wow. And his brother, uh, Tom's brother, is a guy named Jim Steyer, who founded. If you're out here, you know a, a group called Children Now, mm -hmm. which is an advocacy group for children, and Common Sense Media, which mm -hmm. basically rates if you have kids, videos, movies. Most Americans with kids know it whether they're appropriate, you know, for children. So this is a family uh, dedicated to public service, and along the way he made about $3 billion. And I think as Benjamin Bratt, the actor, said, uh, you know, in introducing the 2011, you know, not only is he, you know, a great guy, but he's, you know, he's also one of the richest guys you and I will probably ever meet because <laughs> billionaires don't usually hang out with guys like us. And he's the only billionaire I know that talks about, you know, revolution you know, pitchforks, because he's really, his big concern is the is climate change. And his big concern is that, you know, we, we are not going to pass our children uh, an earth that is sustainable for them. And he knows that it's just these small few degrees that separate us from it being irreversible. When I talked to him, he was founding this group next gen after his, his trading days a few years ago, maybe five years ago. And uh, he said, look, I, I just don't want my kids to look at me and think I was in love and stood around and did nothing. When this world, uh, you know, right now, if, if, we, if these few degrees make a difference, we, we've got to do everything we can to stop them. So he is a great guy. I only could wish that he were uh, willing to, to enter into the political realm and uh, become, a, you know, maybe, maybe a challenger to Trump in the election. I don't know that he is. I think he likes it on the outside. But if he were, he'd be, it'd be a, we'd be back to the, the days of JFK politics all over again. You and I are talking to our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, and they go to court at Consumer Watchdog for us. Jamie Court, the president of Consumer Watchdog, and you can find them and all the great people at Consumer Watchdog online, consumerwatchdog.org. And, Jamie, I've got to move us over to another topic, this one big but flying under the radar. The House earlier this year, the Senate just within the last 10 days, barely by the narrowest of margins, 
passed a resolution, a joint resolution that scuttles, that repeals, that gets rid of a new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau rule that would have later uh, months down the road when it went into effect, would have restored class action consumers going to court as a group rights to consumers as against banks like Wells Fargo. However, the House and the Senate jointly voted to disapprove of that rule under the Congressional Review Act, and they did it, and today Donald Trump signed it. So that Consumer Financial Protection Bureau rule giving consumers old rights that they used to have before the banks and the Supreme Court stripped them of that with these ridiculous little contract provisions and, and a 1925 arbitration law that the Supreme Court has warped into destroying consumer rights. Jamie, the House and the Senate betrayed consumers. Uh, Richard Cordray, the chief of the Consumer Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, wrote a letter to Donald Trump a couple of days ago. He said, I've never met you. You don't know me, but I'm the head of the CFPB and consumers really need this protection. Why don't you veto this thing? And of course, Donald Trump ignored him and signed it today. Jamie, this is a giant loss for consumers and a giant bailout for the banks again. And how can this be? Because Donald Trump doesn't like consumers in America. He likes, you know, free, 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 free market capitalism. Uh, so free that they're free to do whatever the hell they want. And he knows as a businessman that when there's a fraudster involved and you have an arbitration agreement, then the thousands of victims or maybe millions of victims of a bank fraud or any other type of fraud, real estate fraud, for instance, can't get together and do a class action and in a class action system have power, get justice, get a verdict that means something in the billions or millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions. And he knows that that class action lever, even though you and I both know there's, it's been corrupted in recent years with coupon settlements and some other, you know, minor issues that I think can be cured. In the case of a true ripoff, like the Wells Fargo a bank scandal, in the case of the financial frauds, having the ability to t you bring together millions of people in a class action holds those banks account. It changes things. He took that power away. He took that right away after a this, this rule was worked on in, uh, by the federal government for six years now. And he knows he just pleased a lot of people on Wall Street. He knows he just bought himself some time against impeachment. Because the truth is, and this is really what it's going to come down to on impeachment uh, as we learn more about Russia, the more he pleases the banks, the more he pleases the financial establishment, the safer he is. Because those people all have a vote with the people who are going to be bringing the impeachment charges, frankly, including Nancy Pelosi, who is one of the top money getters from the financial industry in San Francisco and the Silicon Valley, for that matter. And they all love arbitration. They don't want class actions. And while she's a friend of many of our friends who do big class actions, she's gotten a lot more money and is a much bigger friend of Transamerica and the financial establishment in that city. And she's always been in the pockets of that financial establishment, which is one of the reasons that people have turned against Democrats. So I think that even though this is a 50-50 vote and Pence broke the tide, so the Democrats largely held together here, the reality is this is this is you know a Sisyphusian struggle trying to get more and more legal rights against these big corporations when we have these same people in power, particularly when it's Trump and the Republicans. Jamie, it's really, really disturbing, especially for me, when I know that the courts are the last safety valve. The courts are the last place of refuge for consumers to band together and take on big corporations that are ripping them off especially when government has been corrupted, when government has been neutralized, like when 
Donald Trump is in the White House and he puts in people to say, we're not enforcing any of these laws. George W. Bush, the same thing. People don't seem to realize that when the government does its job, when the government, like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, if it was allowed to do its job, a lot of the class actions wouldn't be needed because they'd be doing the job. But when the government has been taken off the playing field and the only thing left is the court system, then they go after the class actions. Now millions of consumers stand naked before the awesome power of these big companies and they have no recourse. Government's been corrupted. The courts have been taken out of, out of this equation. And Jamie trying to explain this to people and get them to understand the massive wealth and income inequality and the corporate power that, that goes along with that, how dangerous that is for democracy. They just stare at me blankly, I guess. I, I don't, maybe it's just too well, hard it, to sell. But is the la well, we think of the courts as the last branch of government where the average person can take on the rich and powerful and prevail. And that is true. But there's been a smear campaign against the courts, as you know, in litigation by the Chamber of Commerce and people who are funding, uh, you know, the effort to repeal uh, this rule. Uh, the banks, the insurance companies, they all have really set a good smear on the legal system. And if you've ever done jury duty, sometimes the legal system smears itself. But in the end, when you're injured, when you're hurt, it's the last place you can get a fair shake. And unfortunately, we've just lost uh, what was the promise, because the rule really didn't take effect yet, of some tremendous leverage that could have been had over the banks in America. Maybe we just need to fix things um, in the electoral system and change the balance of power back, uh, and, 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 and we can go back to that rule. I mean, all the stakes are laying up for this uh, next election. And uh, while I don't advocate who should vote for what, I think the American people are seeing pretty clearly who's on what side and who's on their side. Jamie, I couldn't agree with you more. It's become very stark and very clear who's on which side, and people have to choose sides now because those are the times we're in. Jamie Court has been a great friend of this show and will continue to be a great friend of this show forever. Jamie Court is spelled C-O-U-R-T, and he's the president of Consumer Watchdog, and if you've been listening, you understand why I love him so much. Check out ConsumerWatchdog.org online. They're a great group of people. We've got a long fight ahead, and I'm glad my friend Jamie Court is here with us, fighting it with us. Jamie, thanks as always. We'll talk to you again next next week. Thank you. Love you too, man.